It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Luka Doncic takes it to the Utah Jazz in the final stop of the five-game road trip for the Jazz. They finish the trip three and two. They lose their first time to the Mavericks this year, and we're talking about it coming up on Postcast. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz fall to the Dallas Mavericks today in a 111-103. Mavericks, the Jazz got it to within six and then to run out of juice there for a little while. Looked tired in a few possessions. Then had some weird sequences at the end of the third quarter and a bad sequence at the end of the fourth. And those were the things that kind of cost them the ball game. And what was generally a pretty good effort. Like, I don't think you're going to look at this one and say the Jazz didn't give effort. They're playing a back-to-back. They're playing third game in four nights. A lot of things of that sort, and Dallas is really good. Dallas has won 11 of their last 13, so it's not a lot of complaints like in the sense that we've had sometimes recently, Ron, where you say like, oh, they didn't give it, but I would say there's some positives to take, but I'd also say some concerns to me uh, that I thought they got exposed on the defensive end in the same areas that have been the issue over the last few years, and that they have to solve, and I am just not always convinced there is actually an answer to what the problems are. Well, I totally agree with that, David. And in the areas that you're talking about has to be that the wing defenders, I mean, Bullock, Benny Smith, and now they add Dinwiddie. I mean, they, they can just switch those one, and that gives them the opportunity to switch one through five, especially with Cleaver out there on the floor, Powell out there on the floor there as well. And we're talking about the, the Dallas Mavericks here, but there are a couple other teams in the league that, that provide that kind of problem for the Jazz. Solving that kind of problem, I, I, I think, is, is to make sure you take their defense out of the, their half court, where they're defending you in the half court all the time, and that uh, they could probably do a lot better. If we take you through those sequences, we'll go to the third quarter of the ball game. And the Jazz are, are kind of battling to get back into this ball game. They, they've cut it down to 66-57, or they've cut it down to 63-57, and then uh, it's 66-57, and Whiteside comes into the game, and they're able to get Whiteside switched. First on Doncic, he hits the three. 
Then they get him switched on Dinwiddie. He hits the three. Then it's Dodgers again. He hits the three, and it's 75-57. And that really might be where the game was done, frankly. The Jazz now got it a great deal closer. They made another valiant effort. But in that sequence, Dallas came out and just hunted Whiteside and got him switched. And it wasn't even that they were playing pick and pop. They were just playing, and the Jazz switched it, and wide open he's given up. And you know, I, I'm not criticizing Hassan Whiteside. I mean, that's what happened. Right. I, Same I thing we do. Same yeah. thing the Jazz do there as well. I don't know that Hassan Whiteside should be expected to be guarding guys outside the three-point line. He's not quick. He's not – like Rudy Gobert is like the one seven-footer in the yeah. world. Dwight Powell can do it. He's 6'10". There's a bunch of six. Maxi Kleba's as good an on-ball defender as there is at 6'10". There aren't guys as big as those guys that can usually do that. And and that was a tough sequence. That that was a little bit of an exposure right there. And. I don't – you've got to avoid those switches somehow. You've got to set up, not end up with a son Whiteside and guys outside. And, and I think Jason Kidd may have told you in the pregame show that that's what they try to do. I mean, they, they search for that mismatch. And, We're going to look try for the to, matchups we want. Right, and, and take advantage of it, and that's exactly what happened there. And, and uh, the Jazz do it a, a, as well, uh, but the Jazz just could not defend uh, the Mavericks tonight. And, and Luca just – you know, he caught fire there in that third – in that third period and it really made some things things have happened as he knocked down three three-point shots but i think a couple of those possessions he took personal and and was really you know got into jazz only had seven field goals in that third period that really hurt the fourth period was good but 35 points in that fourth period but the third period was was the one that they really struggled in and this is where the jazz battled back nicely i thought uh, in the ball game, there uh, they they ran out of gas, kind of the part you're talking about. We saw it. Uh, we commented that they called a timeout when the guys didn't get back in transition. Then they had another possession where they didn't run. It was kind of a sign to us that they were tired, that they weren't running. They battle it back. Bogey hits a three with 4:24 left to get it to nine. And here's the second little weakness that we see. It's a Doncic pick and roll with Dwight Powell in the middle of the floor. He's actually coming around a handoff. They do a nice job. They run some action beforehand to get him off a handoff. And he comes around the corner, and Rudy's got to come up high. Doncic had a great game tonight. He was 5 of 8 from the mid-range shooting where the Jazz wanted him to shoot. Frankly, he had massive numbers. We'll talk about it in a second. I think the Jazz did pretty good defense on him. Gobert comes up to guard it. It means Powell slides behind for the slam dunk because Royce is trailing, and there was no help. The next possession, the Jazz adjust a little bit on it. They get the kick out. Finney Smith misses the three. But now Gobert is switched. He's not in the middle of the lane, so it's an offensive rebound and a foul. And Powell gets two free throws. And, you know, those are the two problems right there. Is that, and then the next possession, actually, Luka misses this 11-footer. The Jazz did a great job with it, um, except for the fact that um, the there's an offensive rebound battle again, and the Jazz don't get it. Dinwiddie misses a three. And so, the Jazz, you know, it's the same problem, but if the Jazz get through that. But that two-play sequence is that same concept of where if Rudy's not in rebounding, who's rebounding? And if Rudy gets pulled up, who's defending the rim? Yeah, this is this is the problem that the Jazz are going to have to finish. They're going to have to fix this. It, it, it's been a, a problem for them it's, uh, in the last the ball game that they played against the Dallas Mavericks. Remember how the uh, the first half, anyway, with, with Powell, uh, he was really coming up with a lot of points in that, in that. Plus, he knocked down a three there in that first first period so that's something the jazz are going to have to definitely figure out uh going forward uh, otherwise uh they're going to run into other teams that will that do the same thing the other side this is lucas great the jazz had a specific game plan on them. they broke down at times the minute you break down for one second he nails you on it 
uh, but they wanted to keep him off the rim. He did not take a shot at the rim in the fourth in the entire second half of the game. They wanted to keep him off the line. They did a relatively good job with that. He took just seven free throws last time. He took four, so he'd like to be better. He does get 11 threes off, which were just kind of breakdowns yeah. over time. But early in the ballgame, I mean, you look at him at halftime, he's got 18 points. He's 4 of 5 on long twos. He's 1 of 3 from threes, and he's 2 of 4 at the rim. You can't do much better job than that, and we're still down 11, which is a sign of how much Dinwiddie, Finney-Smith helps, but also how great Luke is when you're defending him that well. He's putting up Yeah, yeah I mean, don't, that's supporting cast now that he has. And I call him supporting cast, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily the, the right term to use for, for a couple of guys that could start on any team and put up some big some big numbers. But Luca is definitely the the focal point of of, of this team. And with uh, Dinwiddie, uh, Vinny Smith, and those guys now defensively giving him help because Luca's not a very good defensive player. Uh, but he he's definitely made them made this team. Boy, I tell you what, you have to really look out what's happening here. Uh, going forward. They're pretty good. One of the questions came in is why doesn't Donovan try and take over? I, I, I'd say I think Donovan did. He was five of 19, though. Yeah. You know, he's driving by Luca and they got him switched on Luca. They were bringing help almost yeah. every single time. They really did a they really did a fabulous job of bringing guys at him and helping. And and maybe over a playoff series, you'll be able to find some gaps because this team has not been very good defensively since the trade deadline. But tonight the Jazz just didn't didn't seem to get those gaps to the, get the spots. To they, the it's the same thing that Jazz like to do with high-scoring people, and use Doncic as as an example. Make them see bodies and make them see uh, uh, surround them with, with defenders to the basket. <clears throat> Donovan tonight uh, had what did he, how many turnovers did he have? He ended up with three turnovers. Um, but every time he was driving to the basket, he was in traffic. Um, and then when that three-point shot is not falling for him, you know, kind of open things up to the point where you, you just have problems scoring tonight. You have nights like that, and you have to give the, the Dallas members a lot of credit for the defense that they threw at them. But, um, you know, the, the end of a, of a long road trip, you, you just never know. It's a lot of guys talking about late games. I really don't think this game was particularly close late. Like the Jazz battled. They showed a lot of fight. I think it was – Nice effort, but frankly, I don't think the game ever got it got inside two possessions for maybe, you know, one Donovan went to the line with a with a chance and he missed one, but he got it to within two possessions at one oh at one oh three ninety seven, but with a minute thirty left in the ball game. Yeah. So this was not it never touched clutch time. I, I think this game was lost before the fourth quarter, but it was a nice effort by the Jazz to bring it back. And frankly, I'm not saying that tonight, you know, you just kind of let it go, but you're not gonna beat you know, if you if we come in here and beat Dallas in the, in the middle of the next road trip, beating Dallas three out of four games this year would be a massive accomplishment. You're you know you've got two against Dallas this year. They're right there with you standing. Those teams are the teams you split with. You know, it it, it would be a massive accomplishment for the Jazz to beat this team three out of four times this yeah, year. Yeah, these next five ball games for the Jazz may be very very important. I think as far as seeding is concerned, and, and and not necessarily just falling off of it to the point where you're really struggling to you know fight other teams for certain positions there in the playoffs you know they'll get the San Antonio Spurs and they get a few games at home which is going to be very very important uh update on the NBA tonight Denver is up 5 on Golden State with 3:30 left um that moves uh you know means we don't lose any ground to Den- to Golden State two and a half back but it does mean on the flip side of things that Denver inches a little closer to us um, in that three through in that four, five, six, they would move to within a game and a half of us. Um, 
in the standings. Dallas is now within a half a game of us for four or five. All right, that is locked on. That is postcast tonight. I don't know about locked on jazz tomorrow. I don't know what time our flight is, so I don't know if we'll have a locked on jazz tomorrow. We're flying back tomorrow, so we will we'll see what happens with that. Uh, on behalf of Ron, I'm David. Have a good night. Thank you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.